0: Is as always, it's newer and I'm writing solo today and catching up on all things housewives. Um, if you didn't listen to it yet, what are you doing? I just did an episode with, um, I, my brain, my brain's dead, uh, with Donnie and Chelsea. I was gonna say (laughs) Ronnie and Ben, and that's not true. That's those are two totally different people who I also love, but Donnie and Chelsea from, um, I'm the cute one. Uh, we finally recapped the last episode of Salt Lake City, and today i I don't want to talk about Salt Lake City, but I like I feel like I have to just like so much has changed, even from when I recorded that episode with them. Um, and by so much has changed, I just mean you know more layers have been added to this. Monica, Heather, Jen Shaw, black eye, Salt Lake City pie, you know? Um, But today I want to talk about Potomac. I want to talk about what I've caught up on on Beverly Hills. And I want to talk about Miami. Because if you are feeling like bummed out that Salt Lake City is gone, like you need to be watching Miami. Miami is so good. And Miami, nothing in Miami makes me like unreasonably mad because everyone in Miami is delusional and that is really fun and that's like it's like a classic I think I mentioned before that like Salt Lake City was giving me classic New York Miami is definitely classic New York so um I definitely want to talk about Miami today so I'm going to talk about Miami last week and this week and then Beverly Hills last week and this week and Potomac from this week Um but before I do let's just talk about Salt Lake City real quick So when I recorded the episode with Donnie and Chelsea, I had just literally just finished the episode and I hopped on and we talked about it. So I had no like social media. I've also not really been like watching any of like their stories. Like I don't, I don't do the extracurriculars guys. I can't, I, first of all, I can't keep up. I can't keep up with like all of the accounts. I mean, it's funny that like Reality Von Tees was like a, one of those accounts that posts every single day about every single thing that's happening to a housewife. Like every time Kim Siag beerman decides to divorce her husband again, like there's those accounts that have to like post it and then repo Like I – blessings to you if you have an account like that. I don't, I, can, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you keep up, but I can't keep up on those accounts. And I just scroll right past it because it makes my eyes glaze over when like there's a million updates about the same thing. It's just like a lot, right? So I haven't kept up on all of the extracurriculars on Salt Lake City, but I did hear this clip of... Heather talking more about Monica. And this is something that wasn't really discussed at the reunion. And I say this like I take it with a grain of salt because Heather also is a person who I don't trust at all. I don't know if Jen Shaw actually punched Heather because even now, thinking back to what Heather was saying, she even said she's not sure if Jen did it, but if Jen did it, she would cover for her. So even now, she's not quite – like, we don't – she never actually says Jen did it. Like, I I just don't trust Heather Gay. I think that she looks out for herself. She's always trying to be, like, the most liked and most loved. And look, I unfortunately see a lot of myself in Heather sometimes because I've we've all been desperate for validation in our lives, you know? And, like, I just – anyway – regardless of Heather, there's a clip that came out and Heather's talking about what Monica did. So this t- didn't really, she didn't express this clearly on the reunion. But one of the things she said about Reality Vontees is that Reality Vontees would tag her every single day, multiple times a day on content. Every day she would tag her and tag her and tag her. And I think that the, the reason why she's not, I think, the, she says the reason why she was so pissed when she figured out who reality Montes really was, which I believe she always knew, but the reason why she was so mad is because what I mentioned on the podcast throughout the season, which is that when they started to see that Monica was using the DM stuff against Meredith, she knew that Monica was that kind of a dirty player um, and that eventually she would use that stuff against them as well and so they didn't want to get mixed up in that but the other thing is that monica pretended like she didn't know anything about these people when she started to become friends with them and the thing is that if you (laughs) i have two things about it obviously it's fucking weird when somebody's like not stalking you but like knows everything about you but then when you meet them in real life they act like they don't know you it is weird But also, I would argue that that is a deeply millennial thing. Like, okay, let's just – obviously not on a television show, but like, let's just talk about it for a second, okay? We all have been there when we're home on a Saturday night and we're scrolling on Instagram and our friend is at a party and they tag their friends. Listen, one thing about me, if you tag your friends in a story, I'm going to look at that friend's profile, okay? And then if that person's profile is public, I'm going to look at their stories because, hey, my friend is at that party. So I want to see what my friend is up to, not because I'm Snoopy, but just because like I genuinely want to like celebrate my friend and like see what my friend is up to. And you get into the rabbit hole, and next thing you know, you're like, hey, this friend is really cool. What are they about, right? and then you're scrolling your friend's friend's Instagram page for like 20 minutes, right? And then six months later, you run into them at something, and you have to pretend like you don't know them. We've all been there. (laughs) We have all been there. That is such a deeply millennial experience, and I would say even argue Gen Z experience. Now, I can't speak for Gen X, because Gen X seems to think that they don't do any of mess around with any of that kind of nonsense. So if that's fine. You want to be above that? That's fine. But I'm not above it. I'm not above admitting that I have stalked people's social media and then pretended like I did not know them. Okay. Granted, that is very different than being a full-fledged fan account and then joining a television show and pretending like you were not a fan. So, I think, like, Monica could have made this so much better if Monica had said, yeah, I did all those things because I love the show and I wanted to be friends with you guys. And I thought that you were really cool. Like, even if she had said, like, yeah, I just, I I was too embarrassing for me to admit it because I just, (laughs) I really like you guys. But also, that's Heather's problem because Heather came in so accusatory. Now at the same time, I think that when uh, Lisa Barlow keeps saying, we did this for three years. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. I think what they really mean is the fact that like, they've been on a television show that has like, had like a scandalo for so long, like not knowing what Jen, who Jen really is and being duped by Jen and all that stuff. First of all, that's a lie. They've all known who Jen Shaw was from the beginning. So let's not, let's not pretend, but they're saying, that they didn't know who Jen was and it was a big mystery and there was scandal all the time and there was always shit and we were scared and blah 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 and we didn't know what was gonna come up. That's a big difference than Monica, who is certainly not a felon. She <laughs> she is doing criminal adjacent behaviors. Like <laughs> the reunion. I mentioned this on the episode with Donnie and Chelsea, but like, what the reunion? When they talk about like driving past somebody's house, she's like, so what? People do it all the time. People do that to their ex-boyfriends all the time. Um, it's still not okay. But anyway, I think, like, that's what they mean by, like, we don't want that on our show. But, like, I hate to break it to you, ladies. That's been kind of the best part of your show. The best part of your show is the fact that it is filled with scandal. The first season, we were trying to figure out what is wrong with Jensha and why she's such an angry, unpredictable person. And what's going on with Mary and her her grandpa daddy and like then the following season it was what's going on with jen why is she getting arrested on top of that also hey did mary like was she a predator to all these congregants of her church and then last season was kind of a flop because we had the jen stuff and jen lied about a whole lot of stuff and we all had to pretend like they were friends with jen and it wasn't great. And then we went into like Black Eye Gate, right? But again, Black Eye Gate is fun until it wasn't. So it's like, I kind of wish that these ladies understood that, like, we're not interested in seeing your friend friendships and your fun and games. We're here for the scandalo, you know? Anyway, I talked about this for 10 minutes too long. I apologize. Um, let's talk about Potomac real quick. So, Potomac is one of those shows. It's not one of those shows. It is my favorite show on Bravo. And it is so upsetting, truly so upsetting to me that I am having a hard time watching this show. It's making me upset. And it's such a bummer because Karen Huger is like on in her in her greatest form. I mentioned this on social media. I said I think I tweeted it. The reason why I love Karen Huger is because Karen Huger is essentially a Maya Rudolph character. And I love Maya Rudolph like she is my mother, my sister, my best friend, <laughs> my sister, my soulmate, in the words of Vicki Gundelson. I love Maya Rudolph. She's one of my absolute favorite female comedian performers of all time. I love her. She is one of my, she is, she and Tina Fey are my favorite SNL people. Ever. And so Maya, like Karen Huger is a Maya Rudolph character. If you've ever seen Maya Rudolph do like even her Whitney Houston, it's just so, it's just, it's Karen. Like it's so good. But this episode, like it was frustrating to watch because obviously you had this whole like Candace and Robin nonsense, right? Which we'll get to. But my favorite thing about it was that we got a lot of good Karen content where Karen really has come into her grand dominas. And like Candace has this like Mother's Day event where Karen wears this outfit where I was like, where are you going? Like, what is this? I love it. Of course you would wear something like that. But the entire event, Karen is like, Oh, fragrance? Yeah, I have a fragrance. Um, La Dame, it's been on the market for five years and it was at Bloomingdale's. Now, as some of you may know, I own La because Arthie gifted it to me a couple years ago. I have spritzed it once, okay? And I will not do it again because the fragrance stayed with me for a long time. The best way I can describe it is that it smells like brute. It smells like my dad... When he had applied too much brute and gotten into a hot car in the 90s, and I get car sick. That's what it smells like. And maybe that's just what it smells like to me, because we all know about like how fragrance sits on people's bodies differently. For me, personally, it triggers me to feeling car sick in a car with my dad on the way to someplace because he's put on too much brute. Okay. But she is in the industry of fragrance, and she makes sure that she lets everybody know that. And I just love that so much. She has this like whole thing about the art and emotions and science of fragrance and all that stuff, and it just cracks me up. She also says that she doesn't want to invite the girls to Surrey because of insurance and liability. Insurance and liability. <laughs> what are you saying? I love you. You know who else I love? I love her daughter, Raven, because she's like, Raven, I want you to have a lunch with Giselle. And it's mostly to talk to Giselle's daughter. And now I know that you don't really like Giselle. And Raven does not even bother talking to Giselle the whole time. She's only talking to Grace. That's that's who she's talking to. She does not care. And I love that about Raven. Um, they get a tattoo, I think, also. It was just a door. It was like a real mother-daughter um, episode. Um what else happened? We learned that Ashley still hasn't signed her divorce paper. She does her little like I'm lying smirk afterwards. Whatever. Another great moment was when Cherise showed up just to like chap Karen's ass. Because that's another favorite moment of mine when Karen's ass is chapped. Um, And like eventually it just gets to this like candace robin sit down so candace has this event she invites robin robin says no thanks and then karen is like oh sorry candace is like let's go and get let's talk because i don't know why you're mad (sighs) i have said this many times before i am unequivocally a candy gal okay i love me some candace lord bassett okay i love her so so much I love her so much. I think she's so funny. I think she's gorgeous. I actually think she's pretty talented. I think she's really, really fun. And I've liked her since the beginning. She's got a little bit of baby sister syndrome, which I obviously have because I'm a baby sister. She's got skipper baby sister syndrome. And I do too. And so I really relate to Candace because I think that she's often not wrong. She's just arguing incorrectly. That being said, in this situation with Robin, Candace is all the way wrong. Candace is so wrong. And it pains me to say that because I love her so much, but Candace, Candace is like, she's being stubborn in a way that I am pissed about because I feel like if she was in a better place with Robin, I think that we would have a better show because then at least it's like, well, Robin and Candace can hang out. Even if Giselle is there being a crusty old Giselle, you know, but like, Candace showing up to this like lunge and saying to Robin that she doesn't understand why Robin was mad because she believes that Candace believes that when she took to Twitter and started posting all that stuff about all the stuff that came out about Juan, she wasn't saying anything different than what the internet already says. And I think that's frustrating because it's like, yeah, the internet says those things about Robin, but Candace, you have a personal relationship with Robin. So for you to take it to the internet to kind of stoke the flames of the unfairness and the double standard of Potomac, which by the way, I hate to say it guys, but like every single one of these shows has like a double standard and an unfairness. That's kind of the thing about Housewives is that like everybody's a piece of shit and people are just judged differently because they're all hypocrites. And so- this like this this desire that Candace has of like of justice is so admirable because i believe that there should be justice all the time, right? Like no justice, no peace. Hello, right? But in housewives, this is not a place for justice. Like this is not a place for fairness. That's just not going to happen on Real Housewives, that's not what this show has ever really been about. It's kind of the thing that frustrates me about Heather because she thinks that this is a much more like classy show than it is. And it's, it's not. But all that aside, Candace to say that she doesn't know why Robin is mad after she did a whole rant on social media is ridiculous. Like, what do you mean that you don't know why she's mad? And then on top of that, Robin says something like, You know, Candace wanted to do something detrimental. She wanted something detrimental to come out of that whole tweet. And I think what Robin means is like, you were literally trying to get me fired. And that's the thing that Candace is also not admitting to is that like, you did all that because you wanted me to look stupid, because you wanted to make sure that I don't have this platform anymore. And if I don't have this platform anymore, then I don't get to have a job. And then I don't have a job that affects my family and my finances. And Robin is also too stubborn to say those things I think like she's she's too stubborn to like admit all that stuff to to Candace because she doesn't want to make Candace feel like she has that much control over like Robin's livelihood but the reality is that Candace could have had that much control over Robin's livelihood she could have she was the one that was retweeting and posting and liking all this stuff about Robin no longer being part of the show like, that's what Candace ultimately wanted when she was sending sending out all those tweets. So there's that part of it. But then there's also the part of it where Candace says that this was a plot. So Robin says, look, I came on the show. I did not want to talk about my husband's situation because it was done. Candace believes that that was all phony and fake and that they could have talked about that on the show. But instead they decided to pivot to chris is making giselle uncomfortable and candace believes that giselle that whatever whatever robin did is co-signed by giselle i don't i've always said this i don't think that that's true i don't i don't know i don't think that robin I don't think Robin necessarily agreed with that action, but I think Robin still did appreciate that action. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Robin was probably like, Giselle, that's never gonna work. Like, let's not do that. But at the same time, she's not mad at the fact that Giselle did it because it did take the heat off of her, you know? So she kind of gets to be like, well, my hands weren't in it because I wasn't involved at all, but you benefited from it. So that's where Candace is like, that's. There is the unfairness, there's the injustice that you benefited from your friend's shitty behavior towards my husband, and that feels unfair. It does feel unfair, and it is unfair, but Housewives has never been about fairness. It just never has. And if you're looking to watch a television show that has fairness, you got to watch something else because it's never been the show this reality TV show has never, ever been about fairness and justice. Okay. It's about being messy and hypocritical. That's really what it is. Candace starts to go on this like rant about why she says something like, why is the way I feel about you, about you or something. Like She says something that doesn't matter. I couldn't even write down the notes because it made no sense at all. But she's like, why are you making my feelings about this whole situation about you, Robin? But it's like, well, because your feelings about this whole situation includes Robin and her family. So why are you even saying that? And I think that Robin makes a really good point, which is that if you think that birds of a feather flock together and I am as shitty as Giselle, then why are you still continuing to try to be my friend? And I think that's something that Candace and Wendy and all these people need to let go of is their need for Robin to not align with shitty people because Robin is non-confrontational and Robin has now learned to deal with Giselle the same way she deals with Juan. Juan does things that embarrass her. Juan does things that make her look stupid. But because she is not actively involved in those actions, she gets to say, eh, I mean, whatever. Like, that's who they are. Who cares? Oh, well, that's just who they are. Like, that's just who Juan is. Who cares? Like, that Juan is just like that way. It's fine. It's no big deal. He made a mistake. So what? We dealt with it. Giselle did stuff. It's OK. We dealt with it. And I think that's how she navigates a lot of her relationships with these people. It's almost like this blissful ignorance. And she knows that they're shitty, but it's easier to be their friend because if Robin doesn't have Giselle by her side, she doesn't have this podcast, which probably brings her a good amount of income. If the green-eyed bandits have an out, I think Robin feels like she's not really gonna be part of the show in the same way. And so I think that like, Ultimately, Robin is thinking, what's the thing that's going to keep the lights on in my house? It's this marriage to Juan is going to help my kids. And this friendship with Giselle, as shitty as she might be to other people, it still benefits me. And I think that that's kind of how Robin functions in the world. And for people like Candace and Wendy and even Karen sometimes who demand that justice – you're barking up the wrong tree. Like it's just not going to happen with Robin. That's just not how she is. I think people kind of have to like, let that go. And I also think I've said this before and I say it again. I wish Robin would tackle the rumors about Juan and all that shit with more humor. I wish she would do it the way Karen does. I wish that when she owed a bunch of money to the IRS, she said something like, you got to make millions to owe millions. I wish that she called her marriage an institution like what Karen does because that shit would be hilarious. But there's something so deeply sad and depressing about the way Robin defends her marriage that it's almost like, babe, you see how fucked up it is. And you see that this girl cares about how fucked up it is and how you're putting yourself in fucked up situations with fucked up people. And you're better than that. Like, I think Candace wants better for Robin than Robin wants for herself. And I think that's the issue is that because she doesn't see that, Candace can't co sign it. And then, therefore, Candace gets too angry and is like, I'm just gonna shut this whole thing down. But, like, that's just not how adult friendships work. And you got, like, these are women in their 40s and 50s. You can't change that now. If somebody wants to be shitty to themselves. You kind of have to let it go and say, okay, well, this is, these are my boundaries with this person and not take it so personally. And obviously, with Candace, it's a little different because of the Chris factor. But again, in all of that, Robin wasn't involved. Robin, yes, like I said, benefited from the deflection. But because her hands were not actively in it, Robin gets to say, "Mm, I didn't do anything, which is true. She didn't. All right. Uh, Let's head over to where should we go? Let's go to Beverly Hills. And when I say where should we go, it's because I am looking for my notes. Okay. So last week there was uh, – what I love about Potomac – I'm sorry, Potomac. What I love about Beverly Hills is they – Beverly Hills does a great job of like having an event and then half of the next episode is spent recapping the drama of the event. So we had the event for um, uh, Kyle's best friend And at that event, um, wait, is that what happened? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They had the event where they had the event for Kyle's best friend and all that kind of stuff. And then they talk the rest of the episode about the way that Anna Marie was behaving at that event and all the shit that she was saying and all that stuff. Because you have this like thing of Kyle and Sutton sitting and talking about it. And they're talking about going to Spain and they're talking about the homeless, not toothless event. You also have the scene of like Crystal and Garcelle talking about Anne Marie and why she's behaving this way. I mean, look, Anne Marie has weirdo behavior. She has weirdo behavior. She has told Crystal that she was a doctor, but now she's a nurse. And Crystal says something about Anne Marie, which is like she has the intensity of outing Sutton in a way that's like so weird. Like she's so intensely obsessed with outing Sutton. And I love Crystal, but I got to argue. Crystal, the way that you are kind of coming at Anne Marie, I some might argue that you are bringing that same kind of energy to Anne Marie. However, I will say that Anne Marie started it, so she brought that energy to Chris, to herself. You know what I mean? Like if Anne Marie hadn't been a you know this obsession with Sutton's fucking esophagus, then Crystal wouldn't feel the need to have an obsession over Anne Marie's obsession over Crystal's uh over if Anne-Marie didn't have obsession over Sutton's esophagus, then Crystal wouldn't have had to have an obsession over Anne-Marie having an obsession over Sutton's esophagus. You know what I mean? It's like everybody is now behaving too intensely because this is such a stupid thing to be intensely obsessed obsessed about. Listen, there's also an episode last week with Crystal and her brother, and as a person who talks to their brother every single day and even podcasts with her brother, I don't care about this. I don't care about this relationship. I don't, I don't care about it. I don't. Okay. Crystal, you are way more fun when you were dealing with the other women. I don't care about this relationship with your brother. Blessings to him. He's a pop star in China. Go get it. The end. Um, They had this homeless, not toothless event. Kyle finally shows up with Mauricio and she talks about how they, everybody's looking at them all the time and assessing their relationship. And it gives her a lot of anxiety and all that kind of stuff and she tells Mauricio very calmly that she's going to Spain. she didn't give him a heads up, and she's kind of giving him a taste of his own medicine, like, okay, good for you, Kyle. I don't agree with you guys you guys know this i'm I've been a Kyle hater, but the way that Kyle is navigating her marriage with Mauricio, I totally get it. I get it. I understand. she's fucking sick of it, and she's not putting up with his shit, and I think that he doesn't realize that his shit is not as toxic as it is. But it's been toxic, toxic, and she's she's done with it. At the same time, she's kind of behaving in a way where she like wants him to notice and almost wants him to fight for her. But I don't think Mauricio is the type that's going to fight for Kyle, especially because Kyle seems like the one that was putting in a lot of that legwork before. And she thinks that now that she pulls back, he's going to come chasing after her. But I don't think that he is. And I think that's where they are right now, currently in real time pk and dorit host this event and i realized like watching it remember the first episode there was a story that leaked that that dorit and pk were getting a divorce whatever happened to that it just like disappeared it just disappeared and like obviously we know a lot of those stories that drop are like they're dropped on on purpose like they don't just show up in the press because somebody found out something they show up because people want it to be out in the press what happened? Like did we just not care? Cuz that's hilarious. Um at this event there was this big fight between Crystal and Emery Anne-Marie, and Emery's a loser, guys. She's such a flop. Like and I hate saying that because I didn't Listen, I always want to give somebody like you know, the opportunity to to show to prove themselves to be a fun housewife and to some degree she did have like, you know, um she did have stuff there that I think could have been a win. She's wealthy, she's a professional, she's got an athlete husband. It's all the things that would make she's beautiful. Like it's all the things that should make a good housewife. But the problem is the Anne Marie, you came in way too hot. Okay. Apparently she she goes to this event and she just continues to talk about Sutton's esophagus to the point over and over and over again where Crystal and Crystal and, uh, oh no, that was the, at the previous event, right? So the previous event, she showed up, she talked about uh, Sutton's esophagus over and over again to Crystal and Garcelle. They got really annoyed with it. And she continued to talk about it with Teddy and everybody else that was there for like three to four hours. And it was fucking weird. Okay. Then at this event, at the homeless, not toothless, they're finally like, let's just have it out. And this lady tries to put words in Crystal's mouth. She lies. She says that Crystal's the one that said that Sutton had an eating disorder, the tape rolls, and that's incorrect. Okay, so now we've been set up where Anne-Marie is an unreliable resource, uh, an unreliable source. Okay, we cannot trust the words that come out of her mouth. And they have words. She gets called a bitch. It's a whole thing, whatever. But afterwards, after the event, Anne-Marie, because she wants to go to this to this Barcelona trip because I think Kyle's just trying to get her on the show. Also, guys, I don't want to ignore the fact that Kyle hates Crystal, and I would not be surprised <laughs> if we think about it so far. Kyle has brought Anne-Marie on, and Anne-Marie has gotten into fights with people that Kyle does not like. Kyle doesn't really like Sutton. She and Sutton got into it. And as soon as Amory joined the show, she started to get into it with Sutton. She well, she's fighting Kyle's battles. And Kyle has previously said that she, she thinks that Crystal's obnoxious. They don't like Crystal because she's like young and rich and beautiful. And I think that, like, some of that is also Kyle. Amory's fighting Kyle's battle. Amory's like, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle was like oh, yeah, you know what, it'll do really good. Like, you're young, so, like, you should fight with Crystal because I feel like you two would, like, you know, whatever. And, like, it's just – it's so stupid because Anne-Marie is doing a really bad job of it. But because of all that, because I think Kyle wants Anne-Marie to continue on the show, she has her go to Sutton and apologize to Sutton so that Sutton can still have her go with them to Barcelona. It's so clearly transparent and transactional. It's so silly. Anyway, they get to Spain. Let's see. Let me try to find my notes from today Um, because, you know, I did binge everything at the same time, Um, and now my face ID isn't working, so I can't even look at my phone, you guys. Jesus Christ. Uh, Isn't that the worst when your face is so hideous that your face ID is like, "Mm, I don't think that that's you. Okay, let's see. Where's my notes? There we go the ladies went to Spain. They think the house might be haunted. Okay. Erica at one point says that she can can smell spirits. and I was like, "Uh, if you could smell spirits, why were you with a dead man for like 30 years? (laughs) Anyway, um, the house just does not seem very conducive to glam, but they still bring the glam anyway. Um, I want to start to notice how, like, Kyle and Dorit's relationship is really starting to change. Also, recently, I think I saw a headline on Twitter that Dorit – that Kyle said that she and Dorit are never really that close. Because I guess, like, two episodes ago or something, Dorit was talking about, like, how she and Kyle Mauricio used to go travel all the time together and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And now they don't. And it's because Kyle has new friends and all that stuff. And I think Kyle went online somewhere. She does these like Amazon lives, which I think is like so pedestrian. (laughs) I'm like, like, what do you have, Kyle? Do you have a like to know it too? Like, what is this? It just, I don't know. It just feels like, I mean, I'm sure she gets paid millions of dollars for it. So like, fuck me for even saying like, it's pedestrian. Like, she has a deal with Amazon. Jeff Bezos is like paying her big checks. So who am I to say anything? But it does make me laugh that that's the case. But regardless, um, on one of those, she said that Dorit kind of exaggerated and she had only been on a trip once or twice with her and PK. Now, I have to say, I call bullshit on it because Kyle in previous seasons has really talked about how close she is with Dorit and their marriage and they love like, hanging out and the blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. So Where's the truth? I'm not sure. But in this episode, Doree is always like, in the last few episodes, Doree has made comments like, Who is this Kyle? I don't know this Kyle. Who is this Kyle? Um, anyway, they get ready, and all these women are really fucking losing their shit over this chef named Storm. Guys, he has the face of an infant. Okay. He looks like a grown man with a three-year-old's face. An adorable three-year-old. He looks very cute. He's very, very cute. He's he seems a sweet, sweet man. Barely, but I'm 38 years old, and I look at him and I go, "Whoa, you look really young." These women are in their 50s, and they are like horny. They're practically humping his leg, and like it does make me uncomfortable. Okay, it kind of happens in Miami this week too. Like. The same way that I think, like, sexual harassment of women is disgusting like, kind of gross. Not kind of gross. It's totally gross. Like, I don't like object- objectification of men either. And that is coming from a person who objectifies Jalen Hurts for, like, 11 months out of the year. But I'm not trying to, like, hump his leg. I just post silly Instagram stories about it because my husband is an Eagles fan, you know? But, like, these ladies <laughs> – talking about tag teaming him i was like "Oof, okay all right um they go to dinner sutton brings with her this episode ashes of her dear friend merce mercer cunningham or merce cunningham and he was like a dance legend um and sutton casually brings the ashes with her on the trip let me tell you something I don't care if you're hosting the event, if I went on a trip and was staying in a house that was haunted and then at dinner my friend pulled out a Ziploc bag of their friend's ashes, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. This should have been included in the itinerary. Like this should have been in the evite for the trip. What do you mean we've been traveling with your friend's ashes? That's crazy. Okay. That is wild. Um, but at dinner, Anne-Marie basically continues to be the worst. She does this sort of like really intense apology to all the women of like, if you think that I upset you, then I'm sorry. And it's like, oh, <laughs> okay, relax. Um, But then she goes in on Crystal and she talks about what she calls, quote, the Crystal situation. Now, do I think that Crystal said those things that these women are uneducated, shallow and what did she say? Uneducated and shallow and superficial. Um, I mean, yeah, I do believe that Crystal said those things, but I think that Crystal probably said it in passing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Crystal was like, if first of all, Anne Marie's like, oh yeah, I'm a doctor. And crystal's like oh yeah great you'll i mean you know they're not as educated because like you're a doctor and they're not like she may have said something like that or like yeah it's like a little bit more superficial like they're not really going to care about what your job is because it's not really that kind of a franchise like i wouldn't be surprised if crystal said those things but not in a way to like talk down and look (laughs) this is coming from a virgo i'm like i don't think that she meant to talk down to people this is coming from a person who has Regularly unintentionally talk down to people. Okay. So I'm maybe a bad judge of character here. Maybe ask a Pisces how they feel around me. I'm sure they're going to be like, don't fucking ask her because she talks down to people all the time. But regardless, my point is, I don't think Crystal said it in that way, but this whole thing where she says, like, Crystal says she was a socialite and they're not real socialites. I mean, it's very much again possible that we're talking about the television show the show is not really about socialites. The show is not really about educated women. The show is very shallow and superficial. Beverly Hills is is especially the most shallow and superficial. They spend like 40% of an episode just showing glam, getting glam, entering into a room and complimenting everybody's outfits. That's like so much of the season, every season on Beverly Hills. And so, yeah, it is superficial, but personally, I love it. Everybody loves how superficial it is, but, like, these ladies get so offended when you call a thing a thing. It's like, what do you think you are if you're not superficial and shallow? What do you think Housewives is if it's not superficial and shallow? What kind of show do you think you're on? But anyway, Crystal denies it. She says, nope, I didn't say those things. I think Crystal said those things, but maybe not in that context. Dorit's Confessional, she gets really uptight about being educated and she makes this dig at Crystal about child bride and the internet is um a buzz over it. And I don't quite know how I feel about it. Now, I personally, like here's the thing. In like culturally speaking, I know a lot of people who are married really young in my family. Like 18, 19 year old people like women who got married really young. my sister-in-law even got married really young. We joke around all the time, you know, she was the child. I say I got married at 25 and I tell my mom all the time I'm like I was a child bride, right? I say those things all the time. we say kind of make these jokes about it to each other. There is something about a white woman again, a white woman talking about a woman from a different culture and calling her a child bride. There's just something about it. first of all, it's also inappropriate because it implies something different in Crystal's marriage. Now, I'm not gonna lie and say that I've never thought I've never raised my eyebrow about the age difference between Crystal and Rob. the fact that he's 20 years older than her and that she got married to him, but she met him when he was they were 20 when she was 20. Yeah, that makes me deeply uncomfortable. I've never hid that fact. That that stuff makes me feel icky. It gives me the ick. So, yes, that that is there. But like for Dorit to sit there and say it, there's just a different kind of implication there. And I think that like it's it's just (laughs) there's certain things you can't say. You just can't say those things as a white person in the world, okay? Like white supremacy works in in such a way and has kept people down in such a way that white people now have lost the ability to make passive jokes like that or make comments like that, and they need to be mindful because guess what? We've been subjugated by you for millennia. Okay, so like I think that I don't think Dorit meant it in a bad way, but I think again it proves the fact that Dorit is a dummy. Like. I there's people online who are like you guys are being too much and blah 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 and it has nothing to do with race and this not any other it probably doesn't have anything to do with race in Dorit's mind but it's called a microaggression for a reason you may not have meant to do a racism but you kind of did and I think that there's so many other reasons to not like crystal there's so many other comments that you can make about crystal but like child bride mm, I don't know like PK is like 10 years older than Dore, which of course is not the same as 20 years, but PK was also like a married man when she met him. So it's like we could, the glass houses, you know, like don't, don't throw stones from there. But anyway, um, I wasn't as annoyed with it as everybody else, but I can see why everybody was annoyed with it. Do you know what I mean? Like I've made that joke myself, but I say it within my culture. For a woman to come from outside of my culture and say something about about me and my marriage, I would get really pissed. Because it's just like, you don't get to make that joke because people like you are the ones that look down on my culture. So you don't get to make that joke anymore, if that makes sense. Um, Anyway, what else happens? Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Anne-Marie just continues to show herself off as uh, just being like a weirdo. Like she's just... Amory is like, she's like going like Crystal's defending herself, and Amory's like, "You're acting so crazy. You're acting like a hormonal teenager." And it's like you're you've you've accused me of a thing, and now I'm defending myself, and now you're mad about the way I'm defending myself. And Kyle says something in the confessional too. She's like, "I've never seen Crystal behave this way. What are you talking about?" You guys have gotten on Crystal's ass every single season that she's been on because she has defended herself. And every time she defends herself, you guys are like, I don't know. Crystal's pretty quiet. So why is she perking up? It's like, which way do you want her to be? Do you want her to be quiet and boring? Or do you, do you have such a visceral reaction every time Crystal speaks up? Because what, you don't expect that from her? Like, it's just so weird. They've made comments like that before, and I really, really find it off-putting. Um... Amory at this point says something like, you should be thanking me because I gave you something to talk about and made your ass relevant. Um, Anne-Marie says in a confessional that Crystal is so obsessed with Anne-Marie because if she didn't talk about Amory, then she wouldn't have anything else to talk about. Now listen, Amory, about that glass house and stones, you have been on the show and you've only talked about other people. You've talked about Sutton and now you're talking about Crystal. So what do you have to talk about? Why are you so obsessed with them? Hmm? Um the next day um Erica the next day Erica's doing vocal exercises. Love that. Um they're basically talking shit about this they're talking about the accusation and they all are kind of basically saying the same thing, which is eh, Crystal probably said it, but like mm. um and then they're going to go to church. But before they go to church, (laughs) Erica, who I have been loving all season, comes and tells them some information about these earrings that she, you know, did she, oh, what was it? What was up with the earrings? I don't remember. But the earrings may have been purchased using the money from the victims and Erica was supposed to give it back. A higher court has said that that's not the case. I don't. I don't think the court necessarily said that that wasn't the case. Again, I'm this is not the Bravo docket. I don't know what's going on here. So maybe we take it to them to ask them. But it didn't really seem like a win either. But Erica was expecting all of them to what? Kiss your ass, rub your feet. Like what? What were you looking for? And it's just so funny because she's like, we always thought we thought that she was like changing and like kind of like letting go of all this. But I just love that like old Erica comes. Raring her head, being like, and one more thing. Okay. I thought she was going to, I thought she was going to be like, guys, I have an announcement to make. I'm going to be in Vegas, you know? Because I don't remember if she's mentioned that. She may have. I may have missed a week of recaps, but it just was so funny. Everybody's like, okay. (laughs) Because also, it's not a win because she's like, well, it's going to go to a different court. Okay. So there are still victims who need their money, and you are still keeping them from getting their money. So I don't think that's a win, baby. Like I don't think that's what you think it is. They're on their way to church, and this is when everybody's carsick. Um, but Crystal especially is super carsick, and she's like dry heaving on the side of the road, just watching this. You know, between this and the Ladom perfume, it was not. It's not a great time for my olfactory memories. It's not great because I get carsick very easily, and then the Ladom smells like a reason why I would get carsick. So let's see what happens next week. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Will they become friends? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Because the internet has not been so kind to Anne-Marie. Um, Anne-Marie said at some point that she's Crystal's jealous because, because Anne-Marie's a doctor and Crystal wishes that she could have been a doctor. I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I don't think that's it. Anne-Marie's not a doctor. She's a nurse. <laughs> If you're a nurse, then why is Crystal jealous that you of you? If Crystal wanted to be a doctor, if Crystal wanted to be a doctor, but you're not a doctor, why is she jealous of you? It doesn't make any sense. Um. Anyway, uh, she went online also and said some stuff like this is so stupid, and like I should have let it go. Like I don't know. It was a whole thing. Uh, I do feel like she's a one and done, but at the same time, I love when people show their ass like this because I kind of want them to stay on because they're like an easy person to be like rolling your eyes at you know uh let's go over to Miami um Miami last week was what happened last week in Miami oh yeah it was kind of like a post it was like a post uh Cita lunch like cool down I guess but um one thing that cracked me up oh it was it was oh yeah it was swim week that's what it was so if you listen to Watch What Crappens, it cracks me up because every time they talk about Julia from Miami, Ben does this thing where like he ends with goat because Julia is obsessed with her goat. Hilariously, she said last week that she's going to do swim week. She's going to make a bunch of money for doing swim week. And then <laughs> she's going to use that money to feed her goat. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not even a bit anymore. It's literally who she is. Um they had this, you know, swim week dueling, not dueling, but then we had this two swim week events. You had Julia and then you had Kiki. You also got some of Kiki's backstory about being a model and everything. And I love Kiki. I can't get enough of her. Um, but at swim week, they all gather for N- Julia's show. And then eventually Nicole, Alexia, Adriana, they're all together and Adriana Basically, says to Nicole, like, yes, it wasn't your fault that Anna came to that event. Marisol and Alexia come, and because they've got a little bit of time between these events, they end up talking. And, you know, again, they're trying to clarify what's going on and why Anna came. It just, they have, they do, again, I don't want it to be any other way because, like I said, this isn't a show about justice or fairness or non-double standards. It is a show where everybody has double standards. So like this it is dumb that Alexia and Nicole or Alexia and Marisol have such high um like standards for Nicole. But I think it's because they're intimidated by her. They're not intimidated by Adriana because like what does Adriana have that would like intimidate them? They just think she's annoying and they like are mean to her. And that's all it is. But The way they fight and the way they like look down at Nicole and the way they like haze Nicole and the way they give her no grace at all and they have a double standard for Nicole, it's because Nicole is like better than them in the the way that they would value somebody because she's married, because she's with a wealthy person, she has money, she's educated, all those things. There's all the reasons why... Nicole is who she is. All the, all the things that make Nicole who she is are the things that Alexia and Marisol are the type of people that are intimidated by somebody with that level of success. Even if Nicole isn't rubbing it in their face, you know? Um, they, let me see what what's going on. Yeah, it just doesn't get resolved. Um, Lisa, Larsa, and Julia show up to this event and, you know, essentially after all of the bickering, whatever, it gets resolved. But I think Adriana was, like I said, right about alexia being jealous of nicole i totally believe that they go to kiki's show and it's girl power girl power and then they're sitting in traffic for like 10 minutes and then suddenly everybody just sort of leaves (laughs) they're like okay bye and it kind of is a bummer for kiki because like i think this is going to be like kiki's day and kiki's event and i think also this comes down to like filming um but that episode the scenes kind of just end um alexia visits a farm and i'm i'm not i never find myself relating to alexia except for when alexia was at the farm because i'm not a farm girl i'm not an animal girl i'm not gonna mm, i don't care how nice you are and how great you're like we have family in texas and we go to visit them and they have a beautiful ranch like property and they've got like a farm and everything and every time we visit they're like let's take the kids to the farm my kids are from the suburbs of New York and New Jersey. Like they're not farm people either. So when they go there they're like this is disgusting and I'm like I agree. They're like it smells. I'm like uh-huh. So I'm like Alexia where I would not be comfortable around that many farm animals, but they talk about going to um they talk about going to Mexico City and all this stuff. Um, We also find out that Gertie is going to need chemo, which is really, really sad. Um, And we find out that Adriana is going to be singing a song at Mexico City Pride. The song that she's going to sing was originally for Camila Cabello, and it's now hers. And hilariously, the song starts with, he shoots, he scores. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Oh, uh, Adriana has a Ramona energy about her, guys. I'm going to get into it the following episode, but <laughs> there's something about Adriana that gives me Ramona. Um, Larsa and Marcus did a podcast episode, and listen, I don't care about it at all, but I just realized that the tagline for their show, like, you know, mine is like, the reality is our love for prob- our problematic love for reality TV. <laughs> Larsa and Marcus, they're... <laughs> When they start their podcast, I only noticed this this episode. Larsa's like, hi, welcome. Marcus is like, welcome back to another episode of Separation Anxiety. (laughs) Larsa goes, hi, we missed you guys. And then the episode ends with, okay, we'll miss you guys. And I was like, okay, that's kind of clever and adorable. (laughs) I mean, you're like in your 50s, but it does make me laugh. I love it. And like, no shade to her being in her 50s and doing whatever she wants. But, like, it just cracks me up that, like, the tagline for it is, we miss you guys. It's cute. It's like love you like a sis, like on I am the cute one, you know. Um, this episode of Miami – They finally get to Mexico City. Let me tell you something. I'm really happy for Gertie and her little doctor's note and the fact that she wants to get just fucked up. She's like, I got to get back after this trip and I'm going to do chemo. But before I do chemo, I'm going to get all the way fucked up. And I'm like, yes, Gertie, live your best fucking life. Um, They get to Mexico City and we get this Todd fight. (laughs) Larsa and Alexia get into a, I don't have a Todd fight. Um, because Alexia basically says something like, it made me mad that Lars always says that whenever we, there's an event, she's only, she's always going to be promoting something. And what Lars is trying to say is, look, I am all on my own. LOL, by the way. She's like, I have to manage two households and four kids. Two households and four kids. What are you talking about? And what is your business? OnlyFans? I mean, granted, now she has this, but didn't she? She also had like a dog thing, right? Is that what that was? Last season, she had that little dog event, right? But like, that is what this show is. This show is a way for you guys to make money on your businesses. So obviously, Larsa is doing that. And I get Larsa's point, which is, I don't have a Todd and I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have a Scotty. So I have to do things for promotion. I have to always be working, which is, again, really silly because we also see, like, the lifestyles that you guys have. Like, I think you would be just fine if you didn't have the lifestyle that you had. You also are, like, the – um, you probably got, like, a really sick alimony or, like, divorce package. So I think, like, from child support and all that kind of, like, post-divorce care side, I think you're good, Larsa. Like, I don't think Larsa is, like, in a Lisa situation, obviously, But at the same time, I understand what Larsa's point is, even if that's not truly the case of her financial situation. Alexia getting as angry as she does and saying stuff like, I don't know why Larsa's getting so upset. We all work. You don't try to say that you're better than me because you work and I have Todd. You don't know what Todd does for me. It's so funny because like four episodes ago or five episodes ago when they were in Palm Springs and Lisa was like yeah, I brought Lenny's car. You came into Todd's car. Alexia was like, yeah, well, of course I'm going to come in Todd's car. That's my husband. Okay. I would be, I would do so. Of course we're in a marriage together. So it's like, when it's convenient for you, you say that you have Todd and you have Todd's support, but when it's inconvenient for you, you're going to, and when it's convenient for you, you're going to say, no, I'm all on my own, whatever. Whenever Alexia gets into a fight with someone, she always says something like, that gives it away. You know, like when she said about Anna, like, I'm not scared. It's like, in this situation, she's like, you're not better than me because you work. Literally nobody said that. Literally no one said that Alexia, but it's just so funny to watch dumb and dumber fight. Now I will say when it comes to fights like this, this is when like the real Larsa comes out. This is like the Larsa that we're getting on the traitors. That's the Larsa that comes out because the voice changes. And she always says, my friend, when Larsa calls you my friend, you are not her friend she's about to fuck you up. <laughs> and I think it's hilarious. Um I just I just love that they're all fighting. Like no one's listening. I just love them and while they're fighting, Marisol's having like a heat stroke. She's upset. It's so funny. Alexia's upset about this and it's just it's just ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous and it just kind of like fades away with them just kind of like like bickering, 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 bickering off into the elevators, into their rooms. There was that moment where Lisa was like, you know, you don't, you, you have Jody, but like, he doesn't pay for your rent. Like Larsa says that to Lisa and Lisa goes, not yet, not yet. He doesn't pay for my rent yet. I'm like, God, Lisa, she's good. She is good. She knows what she's doing. She's (laughs) there's, I think Larsa says at some point, you can't, you can't look down on my hustle. And I'm like, yeah, Larsa does say that about her work. But Lisa's hustle is something else. And I think that that is also impressive. Um, There's a dance rehearsal and then there's like a cake picking. stitch. So Adriana, Julia, and Kiki go to the dance rehearsal. And this is where I believe that Adriana has, like, a Ramona energy, you guys. Like, the way she walks around sometimes also, like, I notice the way she walks on set into things. She has her chest out and she kind of does that, like, slow Ramona walk that, that, like, you remember Bethany did, like, an impression of it a couple of seasons ago at the Hamptons? That's the way Adriana walks into places. And it's very Ramona. Also, the way Adriana, like, talks in her confessional with, like, her little fingers out trying to act cool and stuff. Like that is Ramona, so there's this like Ramona energy to Adriana that it it fulfills my like things that I found were so funny to laugh about Ramona. It fills that gap because then i don't I also don't have to deal with like a racist monster in order to get that void filled. You know what I mean? I get it filled with Adriana um but while they're all doing this, a bunch of people go get cakes and coffee and all this stuff. And Larsa and Lisa talk about passcodes on their phones and their boyfriend's phones, and how she has Marcus's, Larsa has Marcus's password because it's the same one that she has. And she's like, I just think that it's good for you to have each other's password because it just opens up a line of communication that's like, tr- it's the trust is there because if you didn't trust the person, you wouldn't, you know, feel the need to, um, Hide your passcode from them and I have two thoughts about it Listen, there's nothing I love more than going through my husband's text messages Not because I think he's gonna i'm gonna come upon something But just because i'm nosy and I want to know what he and his friends are talking about because my husband is a funny person And I want to also laugh at the funny things he says But if he says them only to his friends and I don't get to see it, do you know what I mean? And vice versa my husband can absolutely go through my phone. He doesn't want to because I'm in 70 billion chats and he would kill himself. he would be like, this is way too much peopling, even on your phone. So I feel like it's whatever you're comfortable in your relationship. What does crack me up is Lisa saying, I just think it's too soon for Marcus and Larsa to be sharing passwords. I mean, I didn't have Lenny's phone password until after he cheated on me. Oh, oh, Lisa you sweet baby the lenny and lisa like legal stuff is such a mess it's such a mess because i think that lisa is i think she's more concerned about winning and being comfortable for the rest of her life than she is about just like being done with like i think there's something about holding on to lenny even if it's in a toxic way which is really sad That she would rather do than not have it because so much of her life has been dealing with this terrible man That she almost doesn't know what her life would be like if she didn't have to deal with this anymore And I think that that's going to be a really rude awakening for lisa when she has to think about who she is when she's not with lenny um And when I say not with lenny, I mean like not even financially tied to lenny um Kiki tells Gertie that Julia told Kiki that Larsa said that Gertie has fake tears. (laughs) I'm going to repeat that one more time. Kiki tells Gertie that Julia told Kiki that Larsa said Gertie had fake tears. Um, And initially I thought she said fake teeth. And I was really confused because I was like, I'm pretty sure Larsa's teeth are fake. I don't think anybody's teeth on this show are real. (laughs) But I just couldn't stop laughing because I genuinely was watching this whole conversation. And I'm like, teeth. And then the headline showed up and it was tears. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense to be mad about something like that. Um, Marisol hosts like a little cocktail event. And Gertie decides now is not the time for me to bring us up because I'm a classy lady. Um, They go to this dinner at this art gallery with like these sex bunnies and all this stuff and but on the way there something there's like a conversation in the in the sprinter van and I love Lisa because she's so unaware she always gives herself away whether it's saying that Jody's going to be paying for her um apartment soon or whatever she says that one of her kinks is jealousy that she used to really get off on people flirting with her husband I was like <laughs> Lisa, don't admit that. That stuff can also be used against you in your in your divorce proceedings. Like you can't introduce this idea that you were like open to jealousy and open to your husband, like flirting with other women and then be surprised that he stepped out on you. It's sweet, sweet summer child. Lisa Hoxtein, Hoxtein, Hoxtein. I don't know what her last name is um but anyway they go to this dinner um i i don't love it i don't love it i think the art stuff is cool like somebody painting or playing piano and all that stuff while you're eating i think that that is really really cool but when they start to play truth or dare what was like truth or dare slash highs and lows i don't know what it was But that's the moment that Larsa is confronted by Gertie. Gertie's like, I'm not going to bring it up when we're having cocktails. I'm going to bring it up when there's a man painting and a piano playing and half naked men dancing around us in this fever dream. That's when I'm going to confront Larsa about what she said about me in a podcast so Gertie said why would you say that I was fake and Larsa said because you said I was fake and then Gertie's like why would you say that about me especially knowing everything that I'm going through and Larsa says why would you say that about me in the first place <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen is why Larsa Pippen gets to remain on this show because she's wrong she's all the way wrong She's all the way wrong. She knows she's all the way wrong. But she's all the way wrong in such a petty, stupid way where, like, everybody knows that she's wrong, but she's still going to double down on it. That, like, even Gertie's like, this is so, like, they're all like, this isn't worth the fight. Like, don't. It's not. Just stop. Look, these half-naked dudes are dancing around us while you guys are bickering. And there's laser lights and a man painting and also men Gay men in bunny costumes or bunny, eyes wide shut bunny masks serving us dinner. <laughs> Where are we? What is going on? <laughs> By the way, I'm going to Mexico City probably in May of this year for a bachelorette weekend. So I'm making a lot of fun of this, but like watch me go there. I meant to say this i don't love that i don't know if i want to be around like we've mentioned this before there's like that guy naked chef i think that was in new york Mm. no no thank you Mm -mm. i think everybody should be dressed around food myself included my husband included we obviously have two children so we've been intimate with each other at least twice um and he's seen me give birth twice so we're very comfortable with each other (laughs) but i wouldn't even want that man naked around food no nobody should be naked around food we should all be appropriately dressed around food please please cover your body up it's gross Uh, anyway what a hoot a hoot and a holler and i loved it um, I'll be back actually on Sunday with an episode on traders with my brother Raheel and um, I think we're going to do that once a week I think we're going to talk about our pop culture stuff in the start, start of the traders episode and then we'll talk about traders so um, thank you for being here thank you for listening and I will catch you on the next one.